Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening around the world. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Alexander, and you're listening to Ivy Exec Insights, a bi-weekly podcast brought to you by Ivy Exec, an elite network of global thought leaders. You can visit us at ivyexec.com and follow us on your favorite podcast platform as well as your social media. In today's episode, we wanted to speak about five steps to achieve your biggest career dreams with our special guest, Kate Walker, Senior Professional in Human Resources. Kate Walker is an executive leadership and human resources expert and author. Uh, Kate has uh, over two decades of senior level corporate human resource experience, serving as human resources director at global companies in marketing, gaming, and sports, including Nintendo, United States Tennis Association, Publicis, and TBWA. Enjoy the show! Excellent. Hi, Alexander. So good to be back with you and the team at Ivy Exec. I do consider all of you friends and partners. So it's great to be here and great to be here with your audience. I really enjoy the Ivy Exec audience. So thank you for the invitation to come and join you. A candid conversation, lessons in life, love, and leadership. And I thought, what a better day to come and talk to all of you about how I just achieved a pretty big career dream. I want to talk to you a little bit about my journey and also share tips with you how you can pursue your biggest career dreams. So with that, I would love to get started. Let's, let's, this is especially training for ambitious career professionals, which I know are here at ID Exec. And it's for people who want to know how to audit your values and why they are important. Understand why having a vision is key to pursuing dreams learn why risk is uncomfortable, but can be crucial, learning how to stay focused even when it's difficult. And last but not least, I will ask you all a key question is what candid conversations do you need to have with yourself to make plans toward change or reaching your dream? So that will be our journey here today in this conversation. So thank you so much for joining. I found this quote last week and I really like this. It's by Brendan Burchard, and what he says is, listen to the restlessness. It is telling you to ready yourself, to let loose, to strive for the magic and meaning of life once more. I was looking at this quote again this morning, thinking that, listen to the restlessness. That doesn't have to be monumental, like climbing a mountaintop. It can be a little inner voice that's telling you something. So I want to talk a little bit about that during the presentation. Restlessness can be very small or it can be very big, but I really do like this quote. And this is a pretty major career milestone, obviously. And I'll tell you a little bit about how I did the book. Um, And my goal was not only to write a book, and I I wrote the book, I, I did all the things, I got it over the finish line, and that, that was my major career milestone. But about two months ago, I was talking to the publisher that helped me work on this book. And they said, Kate, we should probably start talking about ways that you could become um, a top seller on Amazon. I said, what? <laughs> a top seller? How, how could I be a top seller? I'm not a celebrity. I'm not a star. And they said, no, no, this is actually a very possible goal to be a top seller Um, And the way we do that is we say hello to the Amazon algorithm. 
So I have here on the screen, if you have your phones handy, the, the Amazon QR code. I think this takes you to the U.S. site. I'm not sure. I know we have an international crowd here at Ivy Exec. So certainly if you shop um, in your own home country, you can find the link to the book there. But I also wrote the word on this little notebook, audacity. And as the publisher was talking to me about, Kate, you could be a top seller. I guess I had two thoughts. It's like, like, how would I have the audacity to be a top seller? Like I mentioned, I'm not a celebrity. I'm not an influencer. But then as I thought about it, I thought, you know what? Why not have the audacity to take this dream, this milestone that I'm, I'm in the process of achieving and take it to the next step and say, you know what? Maybe I can be. Maybe I can be a top seller. So, you know, there, there's a saying, there's another saying, strength in numbers. And it also takes courage to ask for help it, from friends and colleagues and partners to say, hey, can you help me on this journey? So I want to ask all of you today if you'll help me on this journey um, to become potentially a top seller. And I, I want to mention, too, that being a top seller is not only to satisfy my ego or make me feel great about the project, but it's really to help get this book in the hands of more people who might need it, who might benefit from it, who might enjoy it. And I'll talk a little bit about more about the book on the topics in just a moment. But I appreciate your partnership, appreciate your help in in helping in helping me achieve something that I, I really hadn't dreamed at the start. So dreams can get bigger. Today I want to show you my tools for achieving dreams, some tips and some roadmap. And as Alexander was so kind to introduce me at the beginning, again, these are my credentials. And I don't just show these credentials to show off or to say, hey, look how great I am. But these are, these are also career milestones that have taken time for me to achieve one step at a time. And the other thing is, you know, really at the end of the day, apart from these credentials, I'm just a very regular person. I'm an average person, you know, a little dorky. So, you know, who am I to who am I to write a book? Like, what do I have to say? And what I have to say is, you know, no matter what your credentials are, your dreams can be anything. I mean, who who again, who am I to, who am I to write a book? And I did. And I'll, again, I'll tell you how and why I did that. But um, you know, credentials, no credentials. Let your dreams be your dreams and and, and dream big. So as far as the book goes, I was a journal writer. I had many, many, many dozens of journals that I kept. And I was a very avid journal writer, especially in a, a, a relationship that I was in for many years. So I was writing in my journal at the very beginning of the relationship, in the middle, and unfortunately at the end of that relationship. And saved all those journals. In fact, I was looking very closely uh, with like a magnifying glass. It's like, you know, did I write about those things in the book? And I, I, I did. These are my real journals. But in writing the journals, I wonder to myself, huh, I feel like I've been through an experience. I wonder if I have a story and a message to share. That was my initial kind of seed that was planted. I think I have a message and a story to share with all these journals, inside all of these journals. So that's something that I processed for probably a couple of years. Like, do I have a story? Really? What would I do with it? Do I just leave them in the journals or do I start putting together a, uh, an outline, maybe for a book? And that's what I started to do was putting together an outline. And I, I found this on my calendar. I had a discovery call with the publisher on May 23rd of last year at 10 in the morning 
to talk to this group to say, I think I have a story and a message. What do you think? And they did agree. They said, you know, you do have a story and a message. This could be valuable for people to see, read, and hear and could benefit them. So thus, um, that's when this journey began last year in May when I had this call with the publisher that said, yeah, I think you do have a story and a message. So my next step was I needed to weigh all this. This was a big potentially a big undertaking, writing a, writing a book. So I had to process in, in all the questions, do I have the time? Do I have, can I really do this? Am I smart enough to do this? Do I have the right structure to do this? Who's going to help me? Who's going to support me? I needed to weigh all of those things. And that took a little bit of time. And I wanna help show you some of the tools that I weighed in making my decision and some of the tools I actually share in the book. First thing is a values assessment. And a values assessment is something that I find more valuable the older I get. And the, and the questions are asking yourself, what do I care deeply about? And what anchors me? And these are um, a few value words. I actually have a more comprehensive value li values list in the book. I'd hope to actually give you as a freebie, as a giveaway, about a full value sheet. But unfortunately, um, we have some. We have a deal with the um, the owner of this list, and I'm not allowed to give out the list. But you can find it in the book. But here are some words from that values audit. And when you're thinking about what you care deeply about, for example, with me, I know for me, for many, many, many years, going back to even when I was a kid, integrity has always been a core, deep value for me. And no matter where I was, what I was doing, what my age was, integrity was always something that I anchored to. And as I um, started a family, later on, family became one of my core deep values where decision-making was anchored around family. But I, what I want to share too is that your values can shift a little bit, like your top values can shift. So Integrity has always been up there. I mean, family has been important, but now that I have, I have two um, teenagers, family, when they came into the world, family moved way high up on that list. Something that came on to my potentially, I don't know if it's top five, for sure top 10, as it, even in the last couple of years, was flexibility. Flexibility became one of my core values in how I wanted to work, how I wanted to work, where I wanted to work, what time I wanted to work. Those were things that became very important to me. And I started to design my life and my world around that value flexibility. So I think a values audit is important for you to do to figure out what is important to you and what you're aligning your day to, what you're aligning your week to, your life to. And again, values can change. So I think doing this exercise every now and again can be very, very helpful. So I would suggest everybody do a values audit. Again, if you want to check out the list in my book, that's fantastic. Certainly, you could probably find another values list, but this is something um, to really help you on your path to know what's really important to you. Here's another quote that I found. If you're working on something you really care about, you don't have to be pushed. The vision holds you. I'm curious if any of you resonate with this. Time seems to go by very quickly when we're doing things that we love. We might be at even at an amusement park and next thing you know, it's nighttime and you've been going on the rides all day and having such a great time. So you're, you're doing something you really care about. You're having fun. 
maybe you're doing a hobby and just time seems to fly. You're working on a project or pursuit that's a fun and engaging time flies. So this is also something to think about. Are you working on what you really care about? That, that is another important element of um, getting to our dreams. I wanna ask you, this is a really important question. What is your vision? And this is something I've been thinking about in preparation for this conversation with all of you today. And vision can be defined in so many different ways. Vision can be defined very casually or vision can be defined by you know Harvard Business School so many different definitions. So I thought, well, why don't I just Google it and see what Google says about vision? So this first sentence, the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom is what Google said. And as I thought about this sentence, this quote, I had a little bit of a different take on this. I, I do think that a vision is the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination. Then it goes on to say, or wisdom. I don't even think you need to have wisdom to pursue a vision. I think you need to have courage and, and passion to pursue a vision. I think that wisdom will come with time, but absolutely thinking or planning the future with imagination is a key component. And I would ask you, when you are thinking about or planning your future with imagination, there might be something so big that you think, I could never do that. It's way too big. That's that's not, it's just not something I could do. And I have a question here on the list. Are you willing to try the vision on? Even with being an author and writing this book, when I shared the slide a few slides ago, this is something I have to think about. I had to think about the vision for this. Like, do I, what happens if I'm an author or what happens if I publish this book? And I, I, there's so many things to think about, but I was willing to try it on. I was willing to go there and act as if I had done this and see how that felt. So that was something that I, that I wanted to do. I also think when we talk about vision and I have um, the, the, the target visual right there, um, are you ready to aim at the target? So for this book, it's like, was I ready to aim at the target and do the things? I had to try that on, think about it, get that in my mind. I have another question. Should you have a vision board? I think there's a lot of mixed reviews on vision boards. I'll be honest, I don't have a vision board. I think my vision board lives in my mind. <laughs> but, um, but I, yeah, I, I feel like I have a visual vision board in my mind. I don't actually take photos from magazines. But... I think it is important to have a vision because when you also have a vision, then you can aim at that target. And if you don't have a target, how do you know where you're going? So I think having a target is important. And then last here on this list is one stretch at a time. And there's a there's a book I was reading. I believe it was in a, a book I was reading. I forget which one that talked about as far as kind of vision or planning or going on a journey. If you were to drive from, say, California all the way to New York, that's about 3,000 miles. If you were to do that drive in the dark, you would not be able to see where you were going. You would only be able to see as far as your headlights on your car could take you. Can you imagine driving 3,000 miles in the dark? All you have are your, your headlights and maybe some street signs showing you that you're still on the right freeway, you're on the right highway. So. Putting your vision together, it can be big and it can be it can be mapped out one just one stretch at a time. Just go as far as your next you know as far as the next sign on the road takes you, and then get to the next sign. 
So I think that's important. I, re I really like that, um, that visual, thinking about that. Another question to ask you as you're thinking about building, mapping out your career dreams is why? What is your why? Why are you doing this? And this is an exercise that comes from, um, and I'm forgetting, I'm forgetting, uh, Dean, Dean Grazioso. And um, this is his, I, I found this, or I, I know of this exercise from him, and this is called the seven levels deep exercise. And it's really going very deep on asking yourself a question. So for example, I wrote the question here, why is it important to you about writing a book? And I have to think about that. And I say, well, why is it important for me to impact people? And I keep going deeper and deeper. Why is it important me? Why is it important for me to impact people? I answer that question. I just go deeper and deeper until you really get to the very core of why you want to do something. So I think this is a really valuable exercise as well as to your why. Sometimes you're, I know for me in writing the book, there, there were difficult days of writing the book where something was due and I was feeling just a little, a little stressed out. But I always knew my why. My why is that getting this done, I, I will impact. My, my goal is to impact women, and that's important for me. And I won't to go through all the, all the important whys of, of writing the book. But really, I kept going because I thought, this is going to be in service to people. Keep going. This book will have messages that are important. These, these stories will resonate with other people. People will find value in what I'm sharing. Those are the things that kept me going. I had to get out of any kind of ego, like, yeah, maybe I'll be a top seller, which I know we talked about it. That would be a, an added bonus, but it really had to be about that deep why, also anchoring into those values. Like, it feels very important to me to be of service at this point in my life. And I've always been attracted to jobs or roles where I am in service, but this book in particular really brings me to a place of service by way of sharing my own personal stories. And it's like, how crazy is that? So those are things I had to keep anchoring to is this book, you know, take ego out. This book will be of service to people. So answering what is your why, I think, is an important exercise. And you can answer your why on all, all kinds of questions, obviously. Now, with achieving our dreams, sometimes we do have to take a risk, and this is the scary part of going after something. And th this is a bit of a risk-reward analysis. I know I, I've, done, I've done many of these, but a risk in trying something new or going for a new pursuit might be, you know what, I'll embarrass myself. Like, and, and how, how bad does that feel when we feel like we might embarrass ourselves? Some people are maybe better at this than others, but uh, I know, you know, embarrassing yourself, that feels, that feels very personal, feels very vulnerable. But on the flip side, maybe I'll help somebody. Maybe I might embarrass myself, but I'll help someone. I'll help two people. I'll help five people. So that could be the reward. Another limitation you might think of is I don't know how. I mean, writing a book. I don't know how to write a book. <laughs> I don't know how to write a book. No one's, no one's told me how to do it. I'm kind of patching it together. But I knew, you know what? I'll stretch and learn. I'll ask people questions. I'll be a good student. I'll figure it out. I'll, I'll make it work. I will stretch and learn, even though I don't know how. Or you might think, as far as a goal or pursuit, I'm not well connected. That's a, that's another that's another one of my limitations, especially with the book. It's like I'm not well connected. Who's going to buy the book? You know what? Maybe I'll meet new people. Maybe there'll be new groups of people. Maybe I'll get in a book, a book writers club, a book authors club. Maybe I'll meet new business people who are also writing books. I don't know. But reframing those thoughts to say maybe I'll meet new people could be a reward. 
Or you might think, you know what, my effort may fail. Well, maybe the reward is I take pride that I tried. I gave it my full effort. This is another, this last one, I think this is a really big one, especially as you start to gain more momentum and potentially more success, is that your friend group might change. And this is actually a legitimate possibility that that could and often does happen to people who are achieving goals and dreams is the people that were once coming along with you are you you don't have things in common with them as much as you maybe once did and i'm actually really curious about this when i listen to different podcasts or look at different articles about this concept i think this is really fascinating in letting people go that are no longer uh, out for your best interest and no longer supportive of you. I talk a little bit about this in the book as well, and that my friend groups have changed. Um, so, you know, rewards. So I, I can have better aligned friends, friends that are supportive, friends that are cheerleading me, friends that are out for my best interest, friends that we ha we have more in common. So friend groups can change. And I know that's something that's something big, but that that is that is a potential risk when you're taking when you're trying to go for a reward. So how to stay focused, especially for the, the bigger dreams, the bigger dreams, kind of that big elephant. It's like, you know, there's a saying, take one bite of the elephant at a time. So it, it really is one step at a time to commit to yourself. In my case with this book, how I stayed focused was I, I put together a bit of a program for myself. For my first commitment was I signed an agreement with the publisher. And once I did that, I'm like, okay, now I'm locked in. No, no turning back. I've, I, I, I need to, I, I need to do this. I'm going to commit to doing this. So that was definitely one of my biggest commitments was an agreement with the publisher because I felt like I entered into an agreement, a contract, a commitment to them, a commitment to myself. So that was one way that I held myself accountable. Commitment number two was I had a timeline with due dates. And clearly it was on me to meet the due dates. And in, actually in most cases, I, I, I got to the due date early just because I wanted to I wanted to get it done and get it off of my plate onto someone else's plate for them to do something with it. But that is certainly very helpful when going after your goals is having a timeline, especially with due dates, like legitimate due dates, like September 15th is due, October 30th is due, really, really holding yourself to those different due dates. Um, another commitment I made to myself in terms of the book was I showed you some of my journal entries from journals. And what I committed to do was, okay, as far as putting this book together, I will commit to transfer these journal entries into a document. So that took a lot of time going through literally all of the journals, all the pages, looking for all the things and transferring a lot of that content that I already had written. It's like, okay, this is good news. I already have a lot of this written, transferring the content onto a document just again, taking that one step at a time. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get that checked off the list. And that did take some time, but I, I did it. The other commitment I made to myself was, okay, I'm going to write in chronological order. So if I was out on a walk and I thought of a story about something, I would come back to my computer and look for, okay, is this a story that I wrote? Is this a story for my youth? Is this a story from my 20s, my 30s? Like what, what, where is this in the chronological? chronological order. So that also helped me sort of stay calm and that when different stories would come into my mind, it's like, okay, go to the computer, drop it into the right place on, on, um, the, time, on the time spectrum. That helped me feel calm and also helped me get more, bring more content to the book because I knew 
just going through my everyday life on walks or doing other things that more stories and um, examples would pop in on my head. So I committed to that. And that actually got me a lot of content, that, that approach. And then here's maybe my hardest one with commitment number five. I, again, I was on due dates and trying to get the content ready. So I committed to myself, and this is no joke. I'm not even joking. <laughs> People are like, hey, what are you doing on Saturday? I'll be writing from about one to four. And I had a routine on Saturdays where in the morning, I would probably go to the gym or work out, do something active just to feel like I had you know, stretched my legs and been active, maybe worked up a sweat. And then I would go... Um, go get an early lunch from the same place I'd go to every every Saturday. I'd eat my lunch and then I'd go to my computer from about one to four, most every single Saturday. No joke. Um, I, I did. I mean, obviously a few Saturdays off or maybe I'd switch a Saturday for a Sunday, but I knew I had to keep that commitment to myself to really get this done. And by the way, yeah, I have it on here. I wasn't writing original content Every well, I, I was for many, many Saturdays, but a big part of the writing process, writing a book is also the editing process. And all this beautiful, glorious content that you've got from the journals or that you thought about on your walks and you brought into the document, um, a lot of that does get edited down. And I really appreciate working with a publisher that helped me keep the stories and, and the book focused on the reader experience. So that was definitely a, a learning for me was we're writing for the reader experience. But how to stay focused really is making commitments, but again, you can take it one step at a time, break it down into small pieces. What candid conversations do you need to have with yourself about your dreams, about what you want to go after? And some of the limitations that you may think are, I am scared, I'm overwhelmed, I'm nervous. This is a big one, I don't wanna fail. And this is one of my big limitations, I don't wanna fail. Failure, and I talk about this in the book, but um, I, and I've talked about this on other Ivy Exec presentations, but I grew up as a competitive tennis player. What's the goal when you're in athletics? To win. That That's it. <laughs> Just to win. And I was trained and primed to win. And when I would lose, it was such a big deal. So for many years going into my 20s and probably into my 30s, I just didn't want to fail. So I probably didn't take as many chances as I should have or could have, or this is another topic I talk about with ID exec, but I didn't want to ask for feedback. I, I, I just didn't want to fail. I, so that, that's a big one that I, I think a lot of you can probably relate to. Or um, I might look inexperienced trying something. Going on social media for the first time, if you haven't done that before, you, you might be thinking all these things. I'm scared. I'm nervous. I don't want to fail. I'll look inexperienced. I might look stupid. I might press the wrong buttons. And trust me, I've done that <laughs> numerous times. It's a lot of trial and error. I don't know how, but I'm going to learn. I'm going to make mistakes and figure it out. And the last one can certainly be a big limitation to or hold you back is I don't want to disappoint someone. And that's that's a big one to think about because who are you disappointing? Are you disappointing a family member, uh, someone that you're in relationship with, or a, a friend? So I think that's a big one that can hold us back is that we don't want to disappoint someone because we are maybe going for something a little bit bigger and maybe that uh, doesn't feel right to them. But certainly as part of this whole presentation today, it's really taking a look and, and doing some thinking and auditing of yourself and what you want and how to put it together to get there. And like I said in a previous slide, it's really about just trying these things on, 
seeing how they feel and asking yourself these different questions to say, hey, if I try this on, you know, how does it feel? How's it going to feel when it's done? So these are just important questions to ask as you as you get real with yourself about what you want to achieve and what might be holding you back. The, the other one I want to mention too um, is I don't have time. And that's a real, like, you know, I, I had on the previous slide, I was writing every Saturday from one to four. I, I made the time and we all know, I know you probably heard it a hundred times. There's 24 hours in every day. So there's not time. I think it's a matter of how you arrange your time to go after what you want to go after, how you'll carve out the time to do that. This is really important too, and I've maybe alluded to this a little bit in this talk, but you have to get support when you're on your path to achieving dreams or going after things. Who's on your team? Do you have the right people on your team? Your team could be family members, um, people that your colleagues that you work with, if you maybe have your own business, like who you've hired to work with you, but who's on your team and are they the right support people to get you to that next level? Similarly, who is your cheerleader? Um, even in this, this book process, I have um, a, a woman that used to report to me in a prior job, and she's like blowing up my text, like, I bought the book, and I've told my family, and I've told my friends, I'm buying it for my daughters. She just doesn't have to do that, or I've not asked her to be my cheerleader. She just wants to be my cheerleader. And how great to have people in your circle that want to show up in that way. I, I, I know that as I get older, I find more value in those types of people in my circle, the people that want to support me, want to cheerlead me when I don't ask them to do so, they just want to do so because that's who they are you know, in their, in their heart. Um, who inspires you? I write about this in the book too. A lot of who inspired me, I don't even know these people. Oprah, I don't know Oprah, she'll never know me, I'll never know her, but Oprah's content has inspired me. There are many podcasts I've listened to that absolutely inspire me and teach me plenty of books that would inspire you or teach you. So getting support does not have to be from a live human um, in person. It can be books and podcasts and, and other magazines, uh, other, other means of that type of support. And asking yourself, again, who can you learn from, especially if you're going for a new dream, a new pursuit? For me, who can I learn from? I can learn from the publisher. And trust me, I have like 20 million questions for them. They're probably very tired of me now. I'm just a never-ending um, question loop because I'm just trying to learn. I want to make the right decisions or the most well-informed decisions. So I have a lot of questions. And I know that I can learn from them in this pursuit. So think about who your circle of people is, especially if you're trying to pursue something. And then I, I want to share this. And... This is also, and this is, but with, especially with this book, I feel like I am kind of summiting the mountain, so to speak, and that it's done, it's published, it's out. And I, I've had some people say, Kate, what's next? Like, what are you doing next? And I'm actually at a point in my journey where I need to take a little bit of a time out on my next pursuit because I actually want to be up on that mountain looking, enjoying the view a little bit, appreciating the, the birds flying by, appreciating the view and the, the clouds and the sunshine. So when you, when I, and I know some people like to pursue things and they're immediately on to the next. And I, that's been really my personality is just keep going. But I think in this pursuit, it's like, no, you know what? This has been a really, really big commitment. It's a really big milestone. I'm going to pause before my next my next goal and and just enjoy, kind of smell the roses, as I would say, and enjoy for a little bit. So certainly I'll be out talking about the book and helping um, 
helping in different women's initiatives as much as possible. I, I want to do some of those things in support of the book and in support of the messages. But I also know I'm not out to like just achieve the next thing in the next five minutes. I'm going to take a little break before I figure out what is that next big goal? Because the way I'm wired, I know that will come soon. And maybe I need a little time to kind of percolate on that. So if you do reach a goal, achieve a goal, achieve a milestone, absolutely take time to feel prideful and, and, and grateful and all of those different feelings that you've achieved something and have worked for it. So with that, I hope you will check out my book. Here's a QR code if you want to scan it with your phone or there's the link to get over to Amazon. And I want to say, if you go and literally just click the link, that will help with the, with the um, Amazon algorithm just straight up. We're trying to play a little bit of a little bit of a game with the Amazon algorithm today. So click on the link, check out my book. You're certainly, if the topics are of interest to you, I would appreciate, you know, if you'd like to purchase the book, that would be amazing. If the stories and, and of, of life and love and leadership would resonate with you. If you check out the book, just click the link, screenshot it, send it to hello at katewalker.com and I'll enter you into a raffle to win one hour of coaching with me on any kind of workplace topic or career pursuit topic. If you buy the book, then, then screenshot that, send that to me also, and I'll enter you again in the, in the raffle to win an hour of coaching with me. So if you buy the book, two chances. If you click the link, one chance. But I really like sincerely appreciate, again, the support of the Ivy Exec team and, and group and all of you in the Ivy Exec community. Um, so thank you so much for your support, for coming here today, for listening to the replay. Certainly, um, I know we're trying to play a little game with the algorithm here on October 24th, but click on the link anytime. I do think it's a book that will be of value to you if you are in a relationship, on a career journey, thinking about quitting corporate, quitting your job and going out on your own. There's a lot of different stories and a lot of different lessons and learnings and a lot of opportunities for reflection in the book. 